the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Good morning. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. NASDAQ was up nicely yesterday, almost 1%. S&P 500 does up one-third of 1%. The Dow is down fractions. The 10-year Treasury sits at one59 we're kind of expecting a space launch out of the 10-year treasury to two at some point in the two and a half over another two-year period and get us in a more normalized interest rate environment, which is really tough to say because it's still really low number, historically speaking. Bitcoin has its first day ever of being traded with a futures ETF. More on that as the show goes on. SP 500 and NASDAQ gained for a fourth straight day ahead of big earnings coming out this week. Netflix is the highlight of the day. You're going to hear a lot about Squid Game today in the news. Disney's stock got slapped with a rare downgrade from Barclays, fretting about slower growth on its Disney Plus. Boy, Disney Plus giveth to Disney a lot. So one analyst is saying, let's, let's take some away just in case it does slow down there. Zillow got rocked yesterday. They're going to stop flipping houses. This is kind of a controversial one. Zillow, as you know, you can go to right now, Zillow.com or Redfin. You can punch in your address. You can see how much your home is roughly worth based on comps in the last few months. There's probably a little bit more to the algorithm than that. But it's kind of cool to see. If people knew how much their house was going up or down on any given day, you'd be like, ooh, I feel rich. Ooh, I feel poor. So Zillow has also done stuff. And while you're there and you punch in your address, you can say, do you want to sell it? And they'll get you a real estate agent. They're in the business of real estate. Beauty is not their business. Real estate is their business. But for the last three years, they've been buying and selling homes in an automated process called iBuying. In iBuying, a seller will put input information about their property online. Then a company's algorithm will sort through the data and spit out an offer in as little as 24 hours. It's pretty sweet. It's not a fully automated process. Companies that's doing the iBuying sends a rep to inspect the property and do a gut check on the offer. Zillow says it doesn't have enough of these people and therefore can't afford to add any new homes on top of its current backlog. So they've been buying aggressively in the third quarter this year. It's called Zillow Offers, the house flipping unit. It accounts for about 50% of the company's revenue last year, and it's growing. Zillow bought 3,800 homes in the second quarter. So they may be a way for you to short uh, short the real estate market is what it comes down to. If you think real estate's overpriced and it's going to fall, you may want to short Zillow. But then again, that may have already happened. Zillow stock fell 9.4%. 
Um, that was a big story yesterday. I don't want to beat that one up too much, but um, maybe it's telling us something about real estate and how tough of a market it really is. The SEC concluded that the entire episode showed the U.S. financial markets generally work as they're supposed to on GameStop. So they did a long, long-winded report on GameStop. And ultimately, they said it, it worked. Like, it's supposed to and not supposed to implode and hurt anyone. Opportunity to reflect, they refer to it. Amazon's going on to offense and on defense both at the same time. Sometimes you have to do that when you're a big company. Amazon said that they want to hire more than 150,000 seasonal workers this year to attract seasonal workers, people who only want to work for a very short period of time. It's dangling signing bonuses of up to 3,000, and it's recently bumped up average starting pay to $18. But Andy Jassy is also dealing with they want to be on the aggressive and hire people so that they are able to deliver you your picture frame that you want last second. But Andy Jassy, CEO of Amazon, said that they're upping their defense because they want to correct the record on what the House Judiciary Committee is implying about a criminal investigation. So they're spending more on attorneys, but they're still continuing to grow out their very dominant business. Amazon's no stranger to government threats, but a criminal investigation could dampen holiday happiness times, right? Let's get through some of the other top stories of note today. Apple's taken off the wraps of its new MacBook Pro, the first computer's, uh, the computer's first big redesign in five years. They've done away with that silly touch bar. They've reintroduced the MagSafe charging. People love that. An ex-Walmart executive wants to build a $400 billion utopian city. I don't get this kind of stuff. It's called Telosa. It's going to be built with equity, a mashup of equality and capitalism, equitism. Uh, it's going to be built in the city. It could get started by the year 2030. All they need is $400 billion to build it. Okay, that's a little bit of a headwind. Zoom and HP want to build a $17,000 office pod for video calls, working alongside Room, a prefab office pod maker. The two companies are trying to create a soundproof pod for video conferencing that can be assembled within hours. Makes a little sense, but it shows you kind of like what a silly world we live in. Yeah, I'm going to go get in my pod to make my uh, office call. So says the guy who's doing a radio show from his basement. <laughs> from the basement of the science building. Google CEO said companies that fail to go carbon-free will lose the talent war. Company's goal to go carbon-free just isn't about climate change. It benefits recruiting, too. That's kind of interesting. So you go to your interview through your pod while you're being video interviewed. You go, what's your carbon policy? Um, Amazon's hiring for its 500 data science roles right now. That's the stuff I like to see. Other stories to note today, the first ever Bitcoin ETFs launching, kind of growing up a little bit, showing you that China, when they pulled out, that Bitcoin is able to keep through that kind of volatility. Dip buying day traders 
are the thought right now on Wall Street. Morgan Stanley says retail investor interest is dragging reluctant institutions along for the ride. So Morgan Stanley is trying to say that the stock market's overvalued. Day traders are saying, oh, I'm buying on the dip. So Morgan Stanley says, well, we better buy on the dip too. I'm seeing more and more noise being generated about stocks underperforming soon. Now, that doesn't tell you, is that in a three-year period? Is it a five-year period? Is it in a 10-year period? But more and more expert voices are getting a little bit louder and louder. Even though a $14 trillion cash pile will help U.S. stock allocations hit new highs, investor allocations to stocks hit 52% this year. Again, we're over. it's an overcrowded trade is the thought. Too many people are buying stocks and doing too well with them. You can always find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Money, investing, insurance, and much, much more. What's your questions, financially speaking? How can you become a better with your money is always important. Good site to get started on investing. Acorns for the small investor. Acorns is a good app. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You want to know who's in a tough pickle, as they like to say? Corporations and vaccines. Southwest has scrapped a plan to put unvaccinated workers with pending exemptions on unpaid leave after the December 8 deadline. Both American and Southwest require their new hire employees to show proof of COVID-19 vaccine before their first day. This is a very interesting pickle. We have a labor shortage in many industries in the United States. And airlines, they're in the business of business, right? On one hand, if they say, we're going to let unvaccinated workers fly, I'll be like, oh, not me. I'm going to put my dollar somewhere else. And someone else might be, well, I don't care. I've been vaccinated. Very, very tough position corporations are putting their employees in. Very, very tough position corporations are putting their brand and, and trust in. Large airlines are federal contractors and subject to Biden administration's order that requires employees to be vaccinated or receive an exemption for medical or religious reasons. There's one person in the South who got an online degree, became a priest overnight, and told 140 kids they've been medically exempted from wearing masks because of religious reasons. That seems a little bit aggressive. But speaking of COVID, Johnson & Johnson, it's earnings season. They said the vaccine added $502 million to third quarter sales. Third quarter sales, again, 90 days. That's a good number. So Johnson Johnson increased its full year guidance to between, I'm not going to give you the earnings per share, but sales are between 94.1 billion and 94.6 billion up from the previous guidance. 
The company maintained its COVID sales outlook for the year is at $2.5 billion. So you want to know how much corporations are making? Now, Johnson & Johnson also makes things like Neutrogena face wash, Listerine. And those numbers are up 5.7% year over year. The pharmaceutical business of Johnson Johnson developed the single-shot COVID vaccine. The pharmaceutical, not the COVID, pulled in $12.9 billion, up 13.8% year over year. So their consumer, wash your face, used Listerine and up 5.3%. Their pharmaceutical up 13.8%. I have no problem with the Johnson & Johnson type stock. If people are looking to add something for their children or for themselves for the long-term investment. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. But it's a good name. Johnson's No More Tears Baby Stuff shampoo was around when I was a kid and probably be around when you were kids a kid. And your kid will be like this. He'll be in a store one day. He'll go, well, we just had a baby. And I remember when I was a baby, my mom used Johnson & Johnson No More Tears thing. And it was good for shampooing me because I, I didn't really like taking baths. So... It, it'll find its way in is what I'm trying to get at. Interesting. Um, watching the ports right now in California and people are talking about leave ports open 24 seven, start breaking the unions of ports. Uh, a lot of jobs of taking a, uh, a big box off of a, uh, boat and putting it on the ground or putting it on a truck, telling the truck to move out or taking a big box off a boat and putting it on a train car and telling the train, move it on out. A lot of that can be automated, but the unions have done a really, really good job of stopping automation on boards. That is one of the areas where there is a lot of controversy today. I get it. So... Other big stories of note today in my world, um, buying a home, I'm seeing people still buying homes and here's the issue on that I want to throw down right now is just make sure you're prepared for worst case scenarios. Don't take on more house than you can afford. Set boundaries for yourself and stick to them. I see people overpaying 400 $2,000 a month. I've seen people hold on to real estate while they're losing money. They only have $2,000 to put into their mortgage and the mortgage is three and they're like, or they leave renters in it and they, they're upside down every month and they have to make up for their renters upside downness. You're living beyond your ways and means and that one could come back to haunt you in my opinion. I know you're assuming the property goes up. Don't always assume. They say keep housing costs at a manageable percentage of your income. 25% of your income is a limit. Some people would say 28 or 31% is really stretched. But that goes really for all your housing costs too, whether it's rent or housing. I would say that make sure if you're in a, a push right now to get real estate, Make sure it's really the community you want to live in because when push comes to shove and everything settles down, that's the house you own. That's where you're going to live in theory. Just make sure you're ready for it is what I'm getting at. Don't get mad at me. Don't kill the messenger. Stocks are moving higher today. Strong earnings reports are boosting sentiment. 
Procter & Gamble continued the bullish trend with better-than-expected earnings. Johnson Johnson beat third-quarter earnings. Walmart shares gained after Goldman Sachs added the big-box retailer to its conviction buy list, thinking the stock could rally 40% from here. Interesting. That's a good move, just so you know. Today, after the bell, we get Netflix and United Airlines. Netflix could set the tone for technology earnings season. United Airlines should give investors a gauge on the travel recovery for the pandemic. I think I'm going to – who are you more interested in seeing report? Netflix and how well Squid Game's done for them? Maybe they'll give us a clue when Stranger Things comes out again. Or do you want to hear from United Airlines who's going to say, here's how travel's doing? I think I'm more interested in the travel angle than I am the Squid Game angle. But that's just me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. <coughs> Excuse me. A little bit dry today. Um, interesting to note, audio advertising in media. The old radio. Eight in ten U.S. adults tune into traditional radio at least once per month. Advertisers still turn the medium for reach. This year, two-thirds of all audio ad spending will go to traditional radio. This number will decline through 2025, but it's still a total of more than $11 billion per year. Do you still listen to the radio? Are you a podcast person? Or are you something more fancy? I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. In fact, U.S. digital audio listeners will grow to 218 million this year and increase to 230 million by the year 2025. Is radio dead? Not quite. Those are big numbers. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. You can find me online at epwealth.com, epwealth.com. Later today, I'm going to po be posting an interview that I did yesterday. It was a really fast interview with portfolio strategists from EP Wealth and talking about what we're doing in the last couple months of the year. Adam Phillips, CFA, CFP, Director of Portfolio Strategy. We'll be at the Rob Black Show. You can go to YouTube and check it out. It'll be probably by noon today, Rob Black Show. It's a channel on YouTube. Please subscribe. Thank you. Um, I like talking technology, obviously, because it's created a lot of wealth for people, but it's also fun to watch the change in the landscape. As a kid growing up and seeing Star Wars, you were like, I wonder if that's ever possible. Will we be able to fly craft like TIE fighters through space? And that led to video games. And video games like Pong led to video games like Doom. And Doom led to Quake. And Quake led to you get the idea. But I think the big players I like to study the most, just from I want to write a book about history of tech in my life at some point, but I don't actually want to write said book. But Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, as well as Apple, fascinate me the most. But right now in the world of cloud computing, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft interest me the most. This time of year, October, November, December, I like it's 
focused around family. It's focused about taking your mind um, and resetting it. It's end of the year. It's nostalgic. But it's also baseball, hockey, and football seasons getting into full swing. Now, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft are pouring tons of money into their cloud computing products. If you've turned on sports over the weekend, you'll see wars going on during the commercials and with the coaches about cloud computing products. Cloud commercials and sports are getting almost as ubiquitous as the incredibly annoying DraftKings FanDuel ad war. Hardly a highlight can now pass without Google Cloud helping you to spew out obscure comparisons of baseball hitting averages or Amazon Web Services calculated predicted overtaking times of Formula One drivers. The analytics that are being introduced into live sports broadcasting, I don't like it. When you see, let's say, and I, I don't know my sports well, I like my home teams and that's about it. But um, when you see Tatis come up to the plate, and if you bet $1 today on Tatis hitting a home run, you will win $400. Um, I don't really like the commentators doing a commercial during the play-by-play. <laughs> I know, I know it's part of the game. I know that it's all about money. I get it. But the cloud advertising has, for something that's incredibly technical, it's it's infiltrating something that's incredibly simple. Now, I don't mind this home run brought to, brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. But betting on something happening before it happens seems a little bit dicey. Live sports mostly offered an easy way to get a brand in front of millions of eyeballs simultaneously on television. Tech companies now see the big leagues as an opportunity to sponsor and get their brand everywhere. Microsoft is everywhere in the NFL. Only for New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick to publicly trash their Surface tablets. They don't care. Any advertising is good advertising. The National Hockey League is partnering with Amazon. The Amazon Web Services official cloud, artificial intelligence, and machine learning and infrastructure provider for the NHL. That sounds like a bit much to say out loud, does it not? And what we're seeing Major League Baseball doing with Google and Alphabet, we're getting a lot of statistics. Oracle said it's machine learning. Spits out groundbreaking soccer statistics for Premier League. While IBM has touted that Watson helped rank tennis players for the 2021 U.S. Open on IBM Cloud with Thread Hat OpenShift. Now, again, I understand that sports works with advertising. It just seems like this is the year that cloud is like really, for lack of a better term, urinated and marked its spot all over sports. You can't miss it. Wow, it's October 19th already. Apple launched some new AirPods and Macs yesterday. Um, really nice improvements. Really great product. Really overpriced. That's Apple, right? I think that's how you sum Apple up. 
When I look at business strategy right now, a lot of what I'm seeing is people how to get back to work and not freak out and how to get to work and not freak out and how not to get to work and freak out. <laughs> it's a lot of like integrating back into your the workforce, all the business strategy right now. Anyway, um, a lot of IPOs this year. One of the things I wrote down the other day that I did not get to was IPOs or initial public offerings. And any year that we see record number of IPOs, you could kind of go hand in hand with that, that there's a lot of froth out there. Froth is that, you know, maybe a lot of fat on the steak. It's like not the greatest thing in the world. Fat on the steak help makes it tender and delicious, but it's probably going to clog your hearts, right? No, actually, your stomach presses that and kicks it out and turns it into gold. Wait, wait. Your stomach turns – no. I've heard a lot of things out there like that. So what's really driving the market right now in my opinion? Um, earnings expectations, a little bit of inflation worries. One of the biggest CEOs of a big grocery chain, a billionaire, said he thinks that we're going to see food inflation up 10% over the next two years. Will your salary go up 10% over the next two years? We've had strong market performance. Third quarter earnings, oil prices. Ah, oil prices. When I looked at the markets yesterday for the year, I saw S&P 500 was up 19% for the year. So let's just say 20. But I saw oil was up 71 plus percent. And that creates a headwind. Another headwind right now. Wage inflation, people quitting their jobs, in theory expecting higher pay or better working conditions. Better working conditions compresses margins. Better pay compresses margins. I see some headwinds, not necessarily conducive for a great stock market. Now, again, I don't make predictions, and I'll take it one day at a time because Congress has been really slow to agree on spending. But Congress can change quickly. I think it's fair to say that the Biden agenda did not get pushed through a Democratic Congress, much like Bill Clinton when he had the – or Obama had the Democratic Congress for the first two years. They fought with each other. Now, the Republicans, they seem to bond, uh, band together. I was going to say bond together, but that sounds like I'm putting glue on them. They seem to band together when they've got their Republican president in. That didn't happen for the Democrats. And uh, – It'll be interesting to see what they're able to get through now and next year going into the midterms. Then after the midterms, if enough Republicans get in, does that make Biden a lame duck president who can't really do a lot of spending to help the economy either in good ways and or bad ways? It's a lot going on. News networks see an audience dip following the election year. Is that good news or bad news? Because – I kind of like my news to be news. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but like the BBC is the only one I can really watch without it getting, man, that Don Lemon is good looking, man. Or man, that Don Lemon's asking a leaning question. Man, that Tucker Carlson asks a lot of questions rhetorically. That seem like silly, silly, silly ways of making a point. But yeah, uh, news at uh, big networks, seeing a dip. Therefore, I think it gets sensationalized as we move into uh, next year, the pandemic protest and the presidential bump is gone. Talking about headwinds and tailwinds, right? 
fintech companies have raised an incredible $39.2 billion this year. Fintech being new technology companies like Robinhood where you can buy and sell stocks without paying a commission. But you're not going to get the best, uh, how shall we say, transaction. They're going to sell you an order and you're going to say, I want Google at $300 a share. And they're going to get you Google at $302 a share. And you're like, well, it's free, so all's good. But you would have paid less than commission you did in the markup. But you get the idea. So a lot of money is going into fintech. Remember when I said IPOs kind of create a little bit of froth? In 2020, fintech saw $20.4 billion come in. Now they've seen 39.2. And that's that's people throwing money to say, I, I come up with a cryptocurrency platform. Come up with a, <clears throat> a portfolio manager for babies. Wait, babies. Yes, babies. We have to start sooner than early, later, right? Um, now what's interesting is JP Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Citigroup, um, they're trying to keep the fintechs at bay and or copy what Stripe's doing or Venmo is doing or PayPal's doing or Coinbase is doing. It's the classic fight of the old big Davids versus the or the old big Goliaths versus the young startup Davids. Growth in Germany's N26 has risen at a much faster pitch than banking regulations are allowing for customer growth. Young people are moving their money around to different types of, of banking and financial relationships. I like it. That brings a challenge. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Major indices are poised to move higher based on several catalysts for the pre... Nope, for the positive prefixes. Uh, the positive disposition predisposed to a positive disposition like come on rob stop stop tonguing up the words mega cap stocks are doing well today mega cap being microsoft apple google you know the idea oil prices are rising bring along oil companies with them but i then expected earnings results from multiple industries other positive disposition issues Goldman Sachs added Walmart to its conviction buy list and put a big fat up 40% from here level. Bank of America's fund manager survey indicated cash levels are at a 12-month high, which means there's a lot of money that could go to buying stocks on dips of 5% like we've been getting. That's the story these days, right? A fear of missing out or Tina, there is no other alternative. Have is the S&P 500 up 4.9% from its October 4 lows. Nice earnings out of Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Travelers. All very nice. All, well, not, well, let me not say all, but Procter & Gamble reaffirmed its full-year guidance. It still increased its expectations for commodity and freight costs to hit their margins. Procter Gamble is a consumer staples company. They're going to use pricing actions to help offset higher costs, which means they're going to charge you more money 
because they're being charged more money. Dover, Philip Morris, Fifth Third, Bancorp, Steel Dynamics, all topped expectations, all very different type of companies. Tonight, we get Netflix and United Airlines. Housing starts to decline 1.6% month over month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.55 million. They're up 7.4% year over year. Building permits are down 7.7% month to month. Look, construction's not going to solve our housing problem in America next year. I'm still looking for higher prices next year with higher mortgage costs. But then once the mortgage costs start eating into um, the top of the, once the low mortgage cost and the strong demand start eating into lack of supply, maybe 2023 is the year where we really wonder about real estate prices taking a hit. 10-year treasury sits at 1.6% today. You are up to date. Positive start, diversified earnings. That's what I'm seeing. Healthcare and utilities are doing well today. Consumer staples and consumer discretionary underperforming. Netflix earnings is going to be a big one tonight. Has Squid Game single-handedly saved Netflix? It's complicated is the answer. Remember about two months ago we talked about Netflix saying that they're going to get into video games. Well, Squid Games wasn't out then. And once Squid Games came out, I'm like, ah, now I know why they're going to get into video games. Amazon has a video game right now that is a top seller. You don't think of Amazon as a video. You think Sony, you think Microsoft, you think Valve. But that's another way that big tech needs to play. Apple is the largest distributor of video games. And they have a subscription to Apple Arcade, which is incredibly cheap if you like playing video games on your phone and iPad. Trying to set people up for that subscription model. Microsoft has a good one with Game Pass. Sony's got one. Script, subscription might give you two or three games that used to cost 60 bucks that you could probably now get for 20 bucks, And you're paying 15 bucks, but you're getting three games. And you're like, that's a pretty good deal. And you're getting it for 12 months, and every now and then they put a really brand new spanking cool game on. And like, that's a hot deal. So Netflix is going to give us a little bit of something tonight. I wonder if they're going to be talking a little bit about like upcoming video games. With Stranger Things, they can make that into a video game thing. With Bridgerton, they can turn that into a line of clothing or color, swatches for the house. I see where they're going. I'm on to you, Netflix. Will Netflix thrive after pandemic-aided 2020, in which they added a record 37 million new subscribers? Netflix got a little bit bumpier in the last two quarters. But Squid Games is a lot of what people are talking about for the next 48 hours. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. There's a record 100 ships floating off ports in Southern California. That's a lot of ships. And when you say record, but you know what's interesting is we're doing a lot of consumption in the United States. We're actually part to blame that the, the sales inventory numbers aren't that problematic. And yet we have 100 boats out in ports waiting to sell us stuff. The wealthiest 10% of Americans own a record 89% of all U.S. stocks. I own a lot of stocks, and 
maybe I am the wealthiest 10% of Americans, but I don't think I am. But it shows a record high that highlights the stock market's role in increasing wealth inequality in the world. Anyone can own stocks with an app like Acorns. Anyone. $5 will get you in the stock market. The top 1% gained over $6.5 trillion in corporate equities and mutual fund wealth during the pandemic. The bottom 90% of Americans hold about 11% of stocks. They added $1.2 trillion in wealth during the pandemic. Again, the top 1% added $6.5 trillion. The bottom 90 added $1.2 trillion. I'm not going to say you have to get out of the game. Maybe that's where my head's going, but I'm not going to say it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I work with EP Wealth and Certified Financial Planners. If you need a referral, drop me an email. Check out robblackshow.com and there's a button saying contact me. I'm Rob Black. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.